was on a rooftop at Ohana Fest. This is a festival in Orange County, California that Eddie Vedder puts on. And obviously there were so many incredible bands there, Pearl Jam, Slater Kenny. But it was there that I heard Amethyst Kia for the first time. Just hearing her voice sent chills up the back of my neck. And obviously during the pandemic, I could not stop listening to her 2021 album, Weary and Strange. What I love about her music is how she brings herself into it, even while she's reinventing it. Every time she performs a song, she brings her whole self. I'm Margo Price, and this is Runaway Horses from Sonos. I'm a musician and a writer, a free thinker, a mother, a daughter, a sister, and now your host. And with every episode of this show, I am inviting y'all into my home studio, into my world, to sit right alongside me and some of my musical heroes as we talk about the search for freedom through our art. Let's get into it. On Runaway Horses, I'm having conversations with artists who are always in pursuit of their creative freedom, who aren't afraid to break the mold and pursue their own path. Amethyst Kia is all of those things and more. She's always been unafraid to explore where her creative impulse takes her, whether it's performing driving power rock trios or opening for The Who. Playing banjo and breathing life into old time music with the supergroup, Our Native Daughters. Blood and bones are what we're made of, not enough steel to reconcile. Crying out into the darkness, one sure way to feel alive. Demon mouths, not bringing both influences together on her latest record, Wary and Strange. So today, we're going to talk to Amethyst about her influences, her inspirations, and her plans for the future, including a new EP on the horizon. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amethyst Kia. Amethyst, thank you for being on Runaway Horses. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you asking me. So I, I read in a quote that you said that you call your music Americana for marketing purposes. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I just love that honesty. And like, if you were just totally honest and you stripped down all the labels, like, do you feel like you have a, a genre that does describe you? God, there's, I've had so many different ways that I've described my music it's always been important to me to be able to allow myself to explore. And with old time music, you've got gospel, you've got fiddle tunes, you've got banjo tunes, you've got murder ballads. And also, I see a similar connection between a lot of old time older recordings and like a lot of alternative music, because I think with old time music and with alternative music and with Americana music, what they all share is everybody, they're being themselves or they're at least striving to find their voice as opposed to doing something that somebody else wants them to do. And so it's like a big old playground is the way I look at it. You know, when I sit down to write songs, sometimes I think, okay, this is going to be a blues song or this is going to be like a, a, 
a sad country song. But sometimes I sit down and I've got things that I've written over here that don't have music. And then I've got these voice memo things that I've recorded. And sometimes you just, shit comes together, you know, and then you, then you write something that you didn't even realize you wanted to write about, you know, so it's fun. You know, you're creating something unique and really singular. I think Wary and Strange was that way because you had old time, you had alternative rock and it's like, I don't know anybody else is doing that. So congrats on like sounding unique and, and different. Thank you. Okay, I would love to play one of my favorite songs from your album, Weary and Strange. Fancy Drones, a.k.a. Fracture Me. Let's take a listen. Nice. <laughs> Incredible. I think that, I mean, this whole record is just such a, a great example of like how you're taking tradition, but bringing it into a new space. Thank you. Yeah. What's so wild about hearing that recording again, there's a couple of things. One, the way we perform it on stage is very different. What's kind of the star of the show in, in the recording is like the bass harmonica. But instead of doing that, we were just like, between Emma, my bass player, and myself, let's just create some sort of growl, you know, with our instruments to kind of fill that void. So when we play live, she's got fuzz on her bass. I've got fuzz and like an octave pedal on my guitar. So in a way, it's almost like doing a cover of a song, which is something that Tori Amos does, which I love, is that she never even tries to attempt to play exactly how it was on the record. It's always like this, it's this living, breathing thing. Like a recording is like, this is this moment in time when this happened. But on stage, it should definitely be different. You know, it's natural that it would be different. I love when people have the album version and it sounds amazing. But then when you go see them live, it is different, but it still is just equally as impressive. So Amethyst, how did you originally get into music? So my dad, he used to lead sing and play like hand percussion in a band back in the 70s. And he had three-way speakers, record player, CD player, tape player, reel-to-reel player. He just had the whole thing. So I grew up just listening to amazing music. So I got a guitar. I got video lessons on CD-ROM and just kind of went to town. I took a classical guitar class in my creative arts high school when I was a senior, and around that same time, I also came across Tori Amos. And so my goal when I was 15 was like to be a guitar playing version of Tori Amos. And I didn't even necessarily have aspirations to be like a performer or be a star or anything like that. I just like, I loved singing and playing songs and trying to write songs because like that was where I felt most comfortable. I really dealt with like a lot of social anxiety and like body image issues, just always kind of feeling like I'm on the outside kind of thing. So music was that one place that I felt like I could call home if I needed to. Your covers EP, Pensive Pop, came out earlier this month. Can you talk about your approach to covering songs? There's lots of songs that I like that I enjoy listening to. 
But there are certain ones that like have to hit me in a very emotional way. Like it has to just really get me in the gut. That's always kind of been my MO is, have I been slapped in the face? Am I really feeling (laughs) this song, you know? Which is why I would make a terrible wedding singer because I can't just learn a bunch of songs and learn them exactly the same way. I have to first feel it and then take that song and keep the spirit and the essence of it and make it be just as good as the other song would also sound different and it has my stamp on it. So I know quite a few covers and traditional songs, but definitely not to like the magnitude that maybe some other people do just because like, if there's not that emotional connection, then I literally just don't care about singing it, you know? Okay. There's so many amazing songs on Pensive Pop. How did you pick which ones you were going to do? So the songs that are on it are A Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division, Hitchin' a Ride by Green Day, uh, Sugar by Tori Amos is also on there, and then um, Chained to the Rhythm by Katy Perry. The song that really came to my mind very first that I really knew I always wanted to record was Chained to the Rhythm. That song, it's from The Witness, and, you know, she wanted to make what she was trying to coin as purposeful pop, which is a little clunky, but the idea was she was responding to the things that were happening the Me Too movement. Kesha's story of the abuse that she endured while being on a label And with Chain to the Rhythm, it's almost her in a way, like, we go out, we dance, we drink, we do whatever, but are we really, like, doing this to, like, forget about all the other shit that's happening? Are we just using this to escape? And it was kind of challenging that idea. And a lot of fans actually didn't like the didn't like the song because it was almost like, are you talking about me? You know, so but it's a way to start a conversation. So I wanted to kind of take this story and have the music and my vocal really put emphasis on like what the song's actually saying. With that, I was kind of inspired to call this record Pensive Pop because all of these songs are in the pop rock world and they're all contemplating and talking about a serious issue in some way or another. Okay, so this is making me want to do a little side-by-side listening here. Let's listen to Katy Perry's Change to the Rhythm, and then let's hear how you play it. And here is your cover of Change to the Rhythm. So every writer kind of has a different process when they are songwriting. And I just wondered how that process works for you. My process has changed over the years. Normally when I would write songs, it would be because I was in some sort of emotional turmoil and the song was like me getting that out. But then there were several years where I studied old-time music at East Tennessee State University. So there was a period of time where I was really just doing old-time music, wasn't even working on songwriting. And then... Now, 
I don't have tumultuous emotional turmoil like I have in the past because I went to therapy six years ago and I've been busting my ass to like convince myself that I am okay and that I am enough and that I have a lot to offer and that I can be myself as opposed to being who I think other people want me to be. So now I'm literally just relearning how do I write a song now? Because I'm in a healthy relationship. I have great, amazing people in my life. And it's like, okay, so now I have to think about, well, what am I going to write about now? You know? Well, you know, the world is in a pretty terrible spot. So there's all these <laughs> sadness to draw from. Yeah. It's not all about me, me, me anymore. The inner turmoil. Now it's about like, there's even a couple of songs that were inspired by TV shows that I was watching. So I feel like a teenager when I write songs now, because it's like for the first time in my life, I've got a team of people doing the things that I was doing. And now, literally for four months, I woke up and for like four to five hours a day, we just worked on music. And I cannot tell you how amazing that has been. It made everything that I've done up until now completely worth it. Because in this journey, there's some moments where you hit a wall and you're like, what the hell am I doing? Is this, should I still be doing this? Like there's so many of those little moments that happen along like the 12 years that I've been just like trying to get it, you know? Grinding it out. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can relate. I've drove the van and booked the hotels and I was so bad at it. I would like get on hotels tonight after the gig and then I would book the hotel for the next day oh on accident. We'd oh, show no. up. They'd be like, no, you don't check in until two o'clock. Oh, it's no. like two in the morning. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bad tour manager. <laughs> so you toured recently with The Who in huge stadium shows, which is absolutely insane. Um, can you talk about your approach to performing live these days? I'm in this interesting transitory period where for years I was either doing solo acoustic shows or I was playing in a string band where we all gathered around one mic. So literally it'd be one mic and then we'd have our instruments and there'd be no other setup. And then like moving from, okay, I feel confident and good about my solo acoustic shows and what I've been able to do with those. But now it's like, okay, now it's a rock show. And I really am inspired by like watching artists like you who like know how to like work a stage and get the crowd going and have just a full on like rock and roll show as opposed to it being like, I'm Amethyst Kia and I happen to have an electric <laughs> band. It's like, okay, it's Amethyst Kia, but it's a rock and roll show. And how can I make it more of a rock and roll show, but it still be me. I'm having to like stretch my knowledge and like do something that I'm uncertain about and not comfortable with. Cause I tend to really latch on to stuff. If something works, I will do <laughs> yeah. that for months on end and not get bored because I love the way that feels of that safety. But now I feel myself going, Oh no, I've got a, I'm in another element where it's like, what can I do to like take it up a notch, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the throes of working on that, watching videos of like people performing live. Studying. Totally. I always like to kind of case the room because like what works for one audience is like not going to work for the other. And one thing that we used to do when we were touring a lot is depending on the city that we were at, we would pick a song that was regional and then we would learn it like the day of and go out and like play it that night. And sometimes it would work and sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes <Right>. it wouldn't. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe this is a good bookend because we opened up talking about how you market your music as Americana for the PR machine. But I do want to ask you, how do you see the Americana and the country music scene continuing to evolve? I think it's just going to be a continuation of like more and more people that maybe didn't feel like they had a place in like Americana or country. I think more and more people are are currently and will continue to realize that you can be country and be queer. You can be country and be Black. You can be non-binary and be country, you know? So stylistically, the music is something that is special and touches so many people. And so for more people to just own it and be like, you know, I love this music. I'm going to write about my experience with this music as the backdrop. What I had going for me to continue going on without seeing a whole lot of examples was my curiosity and love and obsession with music and playing it. So that obsession kind of overrided and also having some wonderful people in my life that were always incredibly supportive. It's up for us to just keep doing what we're doing right now. All of us collectively just continuing to championing each other and recognize each other's stuff. And the Americana community to me has been so important. Everybody's just like, dude, we want to play music. I I found like a a real world version of what I experienced at my creative arts high school. There's all these weirdos that We don't fit into the mainstream necessarily, but like we're still doing our thing and we found each other, you know, and we're going to continue to inspire more and more people to be themselves. I think that's what it's about at the end of the day, you know, be yourself and keep your curiosity, keep your sense of wonder. It's hard to do in just (laughs) existing just in general can be very difficult. Um, I know. But yeah, it's great to be part of the community. Well, it's been so inspiring to talk with you. I mean, even what you're saying about, you know, you got therapy six years ago. I just started therapy less than a year ago. So I Ooh. still feel like I'm like sometimes in the turmoil, but it's been- Just a, hang on. Yeah, hang just on. Just hang on by, you know, <laughs> hang on. Even if you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth, hang on. Because like it, it yeah. the, the payoff, doing all that work, it's truly worth it. Uh, that's incredible. Okay, so I do have one question that I always ask my guests. And that is, what have you been listening to recently? And do you have a song that you would like to play us out with? So when I go to the gym, for example, usually I end up listening to some kind of punk or metal. What I'll do is I'll pick like an album and I will literally, that'll be my workout music for like months. I will listen to the same thing over and over again. So right now, the music I've been listening to the most as of late, there's an album called A Path Less Traveled by Cutthroat Shamrock, an Appalachian Celtic punk band right down the road from me. You've got these songs about whiskey and swashbuckling and whatever else. There's all (laughs) kinds of craziness happening. And then you've got this like metal drummer and it is just such a unique and interesting sound. There's a song that I really like that really kind of showcases their breadth of musicality. There's a cover called There Is A Time. They're playing this bluegrass song with like metal drums and then all the acoustic instruments. And then the vocals are like Appalachian slash fake Scottish accent. And it's just like, it's so good. There 
Yes. I yes. Can, I, uh, I want to come lift weights <laughs> with you sometime and listen to that. Dude, yeah. Let's get our workout on and listen to some cutthroat shit. Hell rock. yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh, my God. It's so, so good. I'm glad you like it. Well, incredible. Thank you again for taking the time out of your busy day. I can't wait to hear what you do next. Yes. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. was Amethyst Kia and her new EP Pensive Pop is available now wherever you stream music. You can catch her on tour across the United States with country artist Cam from now until mid-October. Okay, we are going to listen to one more song. This song, I have put it on so many playlists and it really got me through the summer of 2021. But this is a song called Black Myself and just the way that she sings it, the riff, it, everything, it just hits me in the gut. I love how one song can live so many lives and just resonate differently depending on its delivery. Uh, let's check out our Native Daughters version. This has been Runaway Horses from Sonos. Endless gratitude and respect to our guest on this episode, Amethyst Kia. Subscribe to Runaway Horses on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. If you love this show, rate it and share it with your friends. One of the beautiful things about freedom and authenticity is that we don't actually lose any of either when we share them with others. If this show inspired you in some way, please let us know. You can reach out to us on Instagram at Sonos Radio, all one word. And you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Margot Price. You can reach us at Runaway Horses at Sonos.com. Runaway Horses is produced by Work by Work, Scott Newman, Gemma Rose Brown, Kathleen Oninger, and Emily Shaw. The show is mixed by Sam Bear. Our recording engineers are Nick Bird and Thad Kopek. Special thanks to Amy Schmaltz and Maddie Case at Monotone, Jazz Atkin at Loma Vista, and Joe Dawson at Sonos. The show's theme song is Nowhere Fast off my record, All American Made. All right, y'all. This has been Runaway Horses. I'm Margot Price. See y'all down the highway. <laughs>